home of Arizona Cardinals football. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Big Red Monday, presented by Sanderson Ford with Wolf and Luke. Hour number two of the show, kickoff tonight at 6.15. Of course, you can hear coverage and the game all day long right here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf, uh, we're going to talk to Dave Pash, who you're going to see in a few hours. This is fantastic, man. Cannot wait. David, how are you doing, man? I'm great, Wolf. Luke, I'm fired up for tonight. <laughs> it's like, is it ever going to get here, David? I know. I mean, I've been, this is, I've had a rare stretch where I've been home for a week. I had, uh, you know, just the one ESPN assignment last week, and it happened to be a Suns home game. So, yeah, it feels like I've been waiting a month uh, to get to this game since Chicago. Yeah, wow. A week for Dave Pash back in the Valley. This has got to be like the longest stretch ever. Um, The game tonight, Dave, we've been talking about the fact, you know, Daryl Henderson's going to miss this one for the Rams, and, you know, maybe Sony Michelle can step in and do what Daryl Henderson does. It's not like Daryl Henderson is Derrick Henry, but he's also pretty good, and the best way to attack the Cardinals seems to be running against them. So I guess let's start there. How big of a blow do you think that is to L.A.? Well, I think, you know, look at, at that first game. He averaged over six yards a carry. But I think the formula that the Rams are employing right now is really, as you alluded to, the formula to beating the Cardinals. You look at their two losses. They've had the ball for 22 minutes, the Cardinals, in each of their two losses. So, you know, obviously that Carolina game got out of hand quickly. But the, the formula is, you know, keep possess the ball, whether you run it or throw it and keep Kyler Murray on the sideline. It worked against Green Bay, and the Cardinals still almost won that game. And then obviously the Carolina game got out of hand early and was just kind of a weird game. You're due one of those. So I, I think overall tonight, to me, for me, you know, I'm watching the run defense, but you can't be perfect at everything. I and mean, that's the one area the Cardinals have not been great in. But, I mean, there's always something. It's not like, you know, you're going to go in perfect in every area. But the Cardinals have a great defense, and they have a confident defense right now. David, look at the quarterback position right now. It is hard. It is so hard to say that the the team that protects their quarterback the best is going to win this game. But that's exactly how I feel. What is your one thing? What is your one thing that you continue to focus on for tonight's matchup? Well, I, I like where you're going in terms of, uh, to me, about the Rams protecting Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. He, look, he's had, you look at his numbers, his numbers are great. He's always had great numbers, and I've always felt he was underrated. But now because he's more in the spotlight this year, because he's on a team that you know had very high expectations as opposed to his years in Detroit, you know, I, kind of watching this year, and I've, I've seen the Rams now twice, obviously the Cardinals game and then doing a Thursday game at Seattle, and it just doesn't seem like he's the same when he's got some pressure on him. And you got guys at his feet. I mean, he's got incredible arm talent, tough, strong. But I, I just I, there's times you just wonder about can you trust him? Can you trust him to make big plays in big moments? And, and what happens when he does get pressure on him? Certainly, uh, Cardinals. I mean, that's that's every week. You got to protect Kyler, and he's got to protect himself. But I think if the Cardinals can get some pressure on Stafford and force some turnovers. They should win the game. Mm-hmm. 
Talking to Dave Pash, uh, Dave, obviously the Cardinals' best record in football at 10-2. and two. Not a lot of margin for error with Aaron Rodgers and the, and the Packers and, and Tom Brady and the Buccaneers continuing to win. But it is sort of strange that they've lost two in a row at home, given the context of how good they have been this season. What do you make of that, if anything? And, and what has the environment been like at State Farm Stadium in these games? Well, I wonder if, you know, the Cardinals go on the road and they know that they're the team that's going to get booed. And I think, you know, Kyler Murray plays with an edge. I think he likes that. I think a lot of the guys on this team kind of like being the underdog or being the team that's getting booed. And, you know, when you come home, you you want to play in front of a team that is 100% supporting you. And I think if you look at some of the crowds this year, I think some of the Cardinal fans selling their tickets – or giving away their tickets to fans of the opposing teams. Look, I'm not going to tell anybody what to do with their tickets that they paid for, but it is unfortunate. Uh, I'm not saying that this has cost the Cardinals games, but I just know the difference between some of the uh, some of the full stadiums we've had this year where it's not entirely a Cardinal fan base, and the big games over the years, in particular the playoff games, when it is 100% full and it's 100% or close to it Cardinal fans. Well, if we know what that's like, it's a special stadium. Yeah. It's as loud as any stadium I've ever been in for playoff true, games. True. And I've been in stadiums in the SEC. I mean, 100,000-plus stadiums for big games where the crowd is going nuts from three hours before kick until after the game. And that's what it's like for some of the bigger home playoff games. I'm hoping that's what it's like tonight. I know there will be some Rams fans, but I'm hoping and you get that anywhere. I mean, there are some Cardinal fans in Seattle. But primarily, I, I, I'd love to see this place rocking tonight and 85 to 90% full of Cardinal fans because I do think that makes a big difference in how you play. It's interesting, David, because we've got monitors, of course, televisions in the studio here. And looking up on the Matrix, I see, of course, where it says, um, who's this a bigger game for, the Arizona Cardinals or the Los Angeles Rams? I- I'll ask you that question right there, David, before I lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, for the Rams, if they lose, they're a wild-card team. So, I mean, they're, they're, their path to the Super Bowl is all their games on the road just so they can get a game at home. Exactly. Uh, right? Yes. Um, you know, for the Cardinals, look, if you lose, it brings the Rams, you know, it brings the wild-card back into play. You're only a game up, and your conference record, uh, you know, is not going to be as good as the Rams. They, they'd be even with the tiebreaker. And I think their conference record would be tied with Tampa Bay, and they'd lose the head-to-head with Green Bay. So now you're, you know, you're one step closer to to not even winning the division, and also you fall out of that number one seed. Um, but I think it's more important for the Rams. Look, I, it, it, every NFL game is important for both teams. But I mean, if I'm Sean McVay, I'm a desperate. I'm in desperation. You're still going to be, yeah. The, the cards would still be ten and three. You know, I mean, let's not act like right. suddenly they're seven and six. But I think that's the the way the country looks at the Arizona Cardinals. I think they look at them that way, particularly, um, I think, because of Cliff Kingsbury, the unproven commodity of the Arizona Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury. You know, it's interesting. You know, like I I had a lengthy conversation with Brian Greasy. And, you know, Brian, who I've known for a long time and worked with for a handful of years at ESPN, you know, he, he is as bullish and as positive on the Cardinals is anybody nationally, and you know me, Wolf, I, I don't usually sit here, especially because, you know, obviously I'm doing it a lot, doing national games and, and, and know a lot of the guys that are doing it. You know, for me to say, well, they never talk nicely about the Cardinals. They have something against the Cardinals. I mean, that's kind of silly. Yes. But just listening to Greece talk, 
about his viewpoints on the team, and I'm sure a lot of that, you know, we'll hear tonight, you know, he's pretty positive. Like all the things that we've talked about, he notices, he sees. And I have to think that there are other people nationally that see that. They see what Cliff is doing. They see the, the moves that Steve has made. They look at the defense and the way it's playing under Vance Joseph. They, they recall, I mean, because Greece brought this up, the Cleveland game. I mean, you have to have a pretty good operation to not skip a beat. When you lose your head coach, you lose your quarterback coach, you have your backup quarterback basically helping you call plays, and you still win on the road, yeah. and you win handily. So there are good things going on here that I do think people recognize nationally, so it's hard for me to kind of go down that road of, oh, the Cardinals aren't getting any respect. In fact, I think everybody on the pregame show picked the Cardinals to win this game tonight. Dave Pasha, do you have any idea what, what you're in for with Wolf? He's been ready for this game since, I would say, about <laughs> Friday at 1230. <laughs> so, so just well, be ready. Look, the, you know, Wolf, this is the first one that Wolf is, is doing where he doesn't have to get up at 4 in the morning or 3 in the morning the next day. And usually I sit there and watch Wolf just pump, like, you know, pounds of coffee <laughs> into his system. So, like, is he going to be a little docile in the second half because he knows he can sleep in? Like, is Wolf getting soft now that he's a midday guy and he doesn't uh, get up at four? We'll have to find out. Uh, yeah, right, exactly. David, that's enough audio. No. Hey, listen, thank you, David. Really appreciate you as always, brother. All right. Take care, guys. Okay, Thanks, man. Dave. That's Dave Pass joining us on the 72 Sold Sports Line. Get your price at 72sold.com. You know, a high school student with great character, we want to hear about them and how they make an impact on our community. Just text STUDENT to 620-620 and share their story. What's in it for them? Oh, just a $10,000 scholarship from Parker & Sons and Arizona Sports. Text STUDENT to 620-620. The nominee must be a resident of Maricopa County to be eligible. Coming up, the injury report always plays a big role this time of year. We'll tell you who's in and out for the Cardinals game tonight. That is next. It's Wolf & Luke on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Big Red Monday, presented by Sanderson Ford with Wolf and Luke. Yeah, we know no Daryl Henderson for the game tonight. We know uh, no Marcus Robertson, defensive backs coach for the uh, Cardinals in this one. And we have the injury report here through Saturday. So, Wolf, in terms of guys that are out or questionable, the only guy that's listed as out for the Cardinals is Zach Kerr. Didn't practice all week. Remember, a different week. I mean, they, they have a designation on Saturday yeah. because of the Monday night game. Justin Pugh is questionable, limited all week, still with that calf injury. But everybody else, like Buda Baker, was not hurt. In fact, he has a, a child now. So that the timing worked out pretty well there for Buda. Way to go, Buda. Congrats, buddy. And, uh, you know, Zach Ertz, Byron Murphy, all the guys that were limited a little bit on Thursday and Friday, Jonathan Ward, they were all full participants on uh, on practice. So the Cardinals relatively healthy at this point. Yeah, for the most part, uh, Justin Pugh is the guy that I'm looking at right now. Questionable, of course, for the game. He is huge. Whether or not Justin Pugh can play, he is he is an excellent football player and a guy that I think the Arizona Cardinals really need on that offensive line to actually play well. He is um, a veteran. He's a guy that has been around for a long time. There's nothing that he hasn't seen under the sun. I, I'm really hoping that Justin Pugh, if there's one guy on that injury list that could play, that it would be him. 
So where it gets a little more interesting is Chase Edmonds is uh, is is potentially going to be here for this one. This was Steve Kime on with Burns and Gambo on Friday talking about Chase Edmonds, Justin Pugh, and Aaron Brewer. All three of them have, have been back on the practice field this week. I thought it looked uh, pretty good. And again, I think it'll be one of those deals that it comes down to Sunday to see where they're at. But um, but yeah, we're certainly making improvements. And then on Saturday, Cliff Kingsbury talked about Pew and Edmonds. He'll be game day. Yeah, we'll see how he feels um, over the next couple of days, and hopefully he can give us something. I'm not sure at this point. What about Uh, The same. Yeah, we'll test him out. Uh, day of the game and see see where he's at. Remember, Chase Edmonds had 120 yards <laughs> against the Rams. The only 100-yard rusher for the uh, the Cardinals this season was Chase Edmonds against the Rams in that first meeting. Yeah, and I think that's going to be important as well. I, I think Chase Edmonds, if I had to guess, I would say that Chase Edmonds would play, and I would say that Justin Pugh would play. Those two guys in particular, I hope I'm right on that one. But, um, yeah, getting Chase back would be huge. Um, I... It's also one of those situations where I want to see how many reps are they going to take away from James Conner. Well, yeah. James Conner has been playing so well, and we were talking about this the other day, but if Chase Edmonds doesn't get hurt, James Conner doesn't get that opportunity to go out and play the way that he has and show us what he can actually do. That's very interesting to me because, once again, when Chase comes back, these guys are interchangeable. They're backs that I could see a 50-50 split for the reps, but it wasn't really like that early on. It was a little bit more chase than it was James Conner. Yeah, I'm fascinated by that. I know I brought it up briefly earlier in the show, but the first time the Cardinals and Rams met, there's a lot of different ways to look at the Rams and say, well, they were different. They had Robert Woods. They didn't have Odell Beckham. They didn't have Von Miller. Matthew Stafford was better back then. Okay, maybe he's beat up now or whatever. But Wolf on the Cardinals' side of the ball, Going into that game, James Conner had 122 rushing yards as a Cardinal. Yeah. And in that game, he had 50 rushing yards. Now he got in the end zone twice. And yes. you started to see that was his second straight game with two touchdowns. But, you know, his first three games... He also had a, caught a reception, right? So, yeah. For a touchdown. So he, he's been... He's such a different player just in terms of his impact on Cardinals games now than he was going into Week 4 against the Rams... I mean, they obviously have video footage. It's not like we're playing this game in outer space and Sean McVay's like, James Conner, who's that? But it's different to watch something on tape or to actually have to deal with James Conner, and he is running so much more just effectively and dominantly now than he was in October because, like you said, he got the chance. Yeah, and what James Conner brings, too, he brings the attack, the line of scrimmage to the game of football for the Arizona Cardinals, and I love that. Because that's what I did, Basinonians, honestly. Um, and back in 1985, everybody in the National Football League, that's how you played the game of football. You attacked the line of scrimmage. You attacked the line of scrimmage. It was downhill, and you attacked the line of scrimmage. And that's the one element that James Conner brings. It's not like that anymore. It was in 1985 when I played. It's not like that anymore in the National Football League, yet... It's amazing. The more things change, the more they stay the same. And it's still about attacking the line of scrimmage. Now, you're doing it differently. Granted, you're doing it much differently when you get into 11 personnel and suddenly split out Zach Ertz into the slot and you've got three wide receivers and there's James Conner and you line up and you run against a five-man box or maybe a six-man box. It, it, But it's still attacking 
the line of scrimmage. And that's the one component that James Conner brings to the Cardinals that I love. It's a physicality of attacking the line of scrimmage. And I think that makes it easier on Kyler Murray to throw the ball using play action. Speaking of attacking the line of scrimmage, I'm seeing this video all over the internet today of Ron Wolfley attacking the line of scrimmage against the New York Giants oh, no. in 1987. Oh, no. So, I mean, at least... I it, actually saw this today. I did. I was just sitting there. It happened to pop up. I saw it, and sure enough, it's to the to the day that I scored that touchdown. <laughs> You give the ball to a guy that's known for his blocking, and that's Ron Wolfley. You give it to him, everyone is surprised. They think he's going to block. He blows right by everyone into the end zone. First touchdown of the year for Ron Wolfley. <laughs> Virtually untouched. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It looked like, uh, well, Lawrence Taylor was there. Yeah, so, I mean. Lawrence Taylor was there. Harry Carson was there, Pepper Johnson, I believe, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Pretty good defense, the Giants Pretty had. good. Leonard Marshall, of course. Um, the Giants were bad. Those were bad, bad dudes right there. You did run through somebody at the end. I can't you know what it was? It was 35. Belly 35 right there. Let's get in the eye. Let's go eye right. Belly 35. That's what we called it. And that's why I bellied it and cut that thing all the way back. A nice read, I might add, if I... That's attacking the line of scrimmage, right? Well I have video support right here. Attacking the line of scrimmage. And I, and I just have to wonder about that, honestly. What are you going to do? If you want to do something different, and that's the question I continue to ask myself, Basin Onions, is will Cliff Kingsbury do something different? Will he come out and try to establish the fact, no, no, we're going to throw the ball. Do you understand? We are. Yeah, we rushed for 216 yards against you. Yeah, we ran the ball 40 times against you the first time around, but no, we're going to throw the ball here. Is he going to do that or is he going to double down and say, yeah, you know what? We pounded you the first time. Why not pound you again? I cannot wait to see the personnel groups, the formations that he uses, the plays that he runs. In that first quarter, and in particular, the first 10 to 12 plays. What is the run-pass ratio? Because that's going to be a Sicilian message to the Rams. That's going to be very interesting to see how the Cardinals actually go about their business. See, I, I like the idea of coming out, and not not going crazy where it's unbalanced, but passing. Because... You have to think on some level the Rams are coming into this game saying we, we do need to make sure we stop the run because the Cardinals ran all over us last time and James Conner's better now. And I also like the idea of letting Kyler Murray get going early. And also you still have it in the back of your mind, in the back of their mind. We did run all over you last time until we give you a chance to prove otherwise. We feel like we can run all over you if we need yeah. to today too. And what would be different? What could the Arizona Cardinals do that would be different? Um, start the game with Kyler Murray under center. Go ahead and do that. Start the run that tackle zone play action, baby, with a little bootleg off of that thing, or maybe just a straight drop back play action pass off of that tackle zone. Go ahead and do that because they're all going to be loaded up. They're going to be loaded up for all. Here we go. The Cardinals are going to run it. They're going to run it. They ran all over us last time. They're going to run it. They're going to be all boned up for that. All of a sudden, there's Zach Ertz on a drag over the middle. I wouldn't have a problem with that. Love it. 
Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up, the Cardinals are not getting a lot of help around the NFC, especially yesterday. We'll get into what happens around the uh, the, the conference. They're trying to hold on to the top seed, but they're up a half game on two teams now. That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Big Red Monday, presented by Sanderson Ford. Wolf and Luke. Wolf, we're at the point right now, and I get that this can change, and maybe my opinion changes based on what happens tonight. I don't think it necessarily will, though. Not, you know, I, it would depend on on how the Cardinals won or lost. But we're at the point right now where I feel like there are two guys standing in the Cardinals' way of getting to the Super Bowl, and unfortunately, it's Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers who are two pretty good players. <laughs> But I don't. Think I was hoping you else... were not going to say those two. <laughs> I was hoping anybody but those guys. Well, unfortunately, it is those guys. Uh, okay. the, both the Packers and the Buccaneers won again yesterday. They uh, each team now right there with the Cardinals. More than that, though, I think even just in a playoff scenario, those guys you worry about. And, and, and I, you know, the argument against the Cardinals is okay. Well, you know, we haven't seen Kyler Murray do it in the playoffs. We haven't seen this collection of players do it in the playoffs together. The only teams in the AFC or the NFC rather that have done it in the playoffs yeah. are Tampa and Green Bay. That right. that argument against the Cardinals doesn't work when you're talking to me about sure. Dallas or the Rams or whoever. Yes. It's just Tampa and Green Bay, but Wolf, the problem is they're both at double digit wins now, too. Yeah. Um <laughs> The thing that bothered me yesterday, Luke, I got it. Nobody helped the Arizona Cardinals yesterday. Not one team. Nobody. No. I that that was that's hard to do, ladies and gentlemen. They got no help yesterday. I mean, Cincinnati couldn't beat the 49ers at home. Um, the Bills couldn't beat Tampa Bay. The Cowboys won. And the Bears couldn't pull the upset. And it kind of, that upset, man, it was real. It was real for a while. Stop and think about this. The Bears had a 10-0 lead, of course, a 17-14 lead, a 24-14 lead, and a 27-21 lead. Think about that. At the half. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were like, no way, baby, can lightning strike against it. This is the game of football. It can happen. And I bought into it, and the hope was there. The the unmitigated temerity of having hope that somehow the Bears could pull this thing off. And again, there it is, 27-21 at the half. I was blown away by that. They and needed that, a, a few more punt returns for touchdowns. That, so. <laughs> Crazy Carl showed up he for did. the Bears in that first half. In the first half, That's not right. the second half. Yes. Aaron Rodgers beat the team that he owns. And uh, what is he now, 23-5 and five against the Bears? Isn't that the stat? Uh, I think it's 22-5, and five, honestly, okay, well, if I'm not mistaken. Well, either way. Well, he just picked up the win last night. So uh, they outscored the Bears 24-3 to in the second half. And so, yeah, now Green Bay is 10-3. and three. The Buccaneers are ten and three. You mentioned Dallas; they are nine and four. I mean, if the Cardinals win tonight, I don't think you're really too concerned with Dallas. But if you lose, you're only a game up on them. And, and Wolf, I was talking to somebody out in the newsroom about this. Part of the reason why it's so big to get the number one seed, yes, to me, the biggest reason is it's a free win in the playoffs. Everybody yes. else plays; you just advance yes. to the second round. Correct. Home field, I get that; that's a big deal. This team has looked good on the road. But the other thing, if you're the number one seed, there's a pretty good chance Green Bay and Tampa Bay will have to play each other before they play you. So if your path to the Super Bowl only has to go through Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, yeah. I like your path to the Super Bowl a lot more. 
And that's why it is so important to stay ahead of those teams because you want them to take each other out. You'll probably have to go through one of them no matter what, and that's fine. But you don't want to have to go through both of them. Man, you bring up Aaron Rodgers right there. I don't know about you, Luke, but I used to love this guy. But his sar- he was a lot more like His sardonic attitude is really starting to bother me. I, did you happen to see when they introduced themselves, you know, how they have the guy, the talking head, hi, I'm Ron Wolfley, West Virginia, right? I yes. mean, yeah, yeah. you know how they do the this, The old right? uh, Key and Peele Ex- sketch. Yes, whatever it may be. And when Aaron Rodgers in- introduced himself, he said, Aaron Rodgers, Butte Community College. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> um, he, now, listen, he did go to Butte. There's no doubt about that. It's true. But his sarcasm has gotten to a point where it's a little nasty. It's biting. It's sardonic is what it is. See, I like sarcasm more than you, but he's crossed the line so much in the last few months that sarcasm from him just feels like, I don't really want to hear it from him. I, I still think just in terms of pure talent, he's got to go second best quarterback I've ever seen. Brady's got to be number one. Brady's won everything every every year, it feels like. But uh, with Rodgers, to be honest, I've stopped listening to him talk ever since he put his foot in the camera like three weeks ago at the press conference. Yeah. I'd be, if I were Cal, I'd be a little upset by that. (laughs) I would be. Probably a little upset. Community college. Okay. You're, boy, aren't you funny. (laughs) Does he have... Is he is he at odds with Cal right now? I feel like Aaron Rodgers is at odds with a lot of exactly. people right now. And then all of a sudden, I just watching the game too. When <laughs> four plays, seventy five yards, forty eight seconds off the clock, touchdown. It's twenty four twenty one Bears mm-hmm. at that point. Um, I liked him even less. <laughs> There's a decent chance. And then, and then the yes, right. Jared Allen one time uh, shouted out Joshua Burns preschool. Okay, really? Did he really? Yes. Um, That's so funny, (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) I forgot to laugh. Um, You know what, and then he had the unmitigated, Aaron Rodgers, the unmitigated temerity to go ahead and throw for 341 yards, four touchdowns, and had a quarterback rating of 141.1. Yeah, he'll do that. Um, (laughs) that, He's made a habit out of that. Can I just tell you right now, that sucked buttermilk. Yeah, because that's the one the one place I don't want the Cardinals to have to go is Lambeau Field in the playoffs, right? That's that that's the feeling. Like if they have to go to Tampa Bay, fine, it, whatever. They they've played well enough they should have home field through the playoffs, but so is Tampa Bay and so is Green Bay. You got to give them credit. And if the Cardinals lose tonight, you're behind Green Bay and you're you're basically deadlocked with Tampa Bay. If you win tonight, you keep those two teams at bay and then you can kind of look forward and say, "Okay, we got Detroit next week, got a game against Seattle. Like we can we can do this and hold on to the number 1 seed." I would just say, "Wolf, watching the games yesterday, those two in particular stood out to me. The Green Bay game and the Tampa Bay game as reminders as as to why it's so important for the Cardinals to get the yes. number one seed. Because Tampa Bay looks like an absolute machine. Now, I know they almost blew that game. I really feel like they just kind of took their foot off the gas pedal. And Buffalo was like, this is our chance. We've got... Buffalo, we've got to play New England twice and the and, and, and the Buccaneers once in the span of four weeks. You're opening the door. we got to try and get in there. And then Tampa just went out and won in overtime. That team, that offense with Brady and Gronk oh and, and Godwin and Leonard Fournette's playing out of his mind. They are just humming along. Mike Evans? Yes, yes. And they were a little bit more balanced yesterday than they have been. They ran the ball 22 times, which is a lot for them. 
and they totaled 121 yards on the ground when handing the ball off to a running back, Basinonians. Not not Tom Brady running the ball. Who, they by the actually, way, can run now. He, what, what is Tom Brady like he doing? He was shaking a few what players. What are you doing? He got into it. It looked like the, uh, Ed Oliver. It looked like he was getting into it with him at one point. I, I don't know, but that was my big takeaway. The fact that they are becoming more and more balanced. Tom Brady had a quarterback rating of 105.6. He played very well. The Bills' defense just seems lost to me right now. Gave up, a, a, what, 488 yards, almost 500 yards of offense they gave up. Yeah, that was supposed to be their strength, or at least right there with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. It was. I always, you know, how teams like kind of get that identity that when you see them on the schedule, you're like, oh, okay, defensive team. Oh, yeah, that's a nasty oh, yeah. team. I know they're, they're, oh, they're yeah. missing white, and I understand that. But, but the Bills have been that team really for the last couple of years, where it's like, well, you're not going to score a lot of points on Buffalo. Tampa looked like they were scoring at will yesterday. And to your point on Leonard Fournette running the ball. They have 200-yard rushers all season, and it's been Fournette yesterday and yes. Fournette three weeks ago. There you go. They're running. They're starting They're starting to run a little bit more, no doubt about it. Run enough. I mean, it, to the point where in any one game, Leonard Fournette could get you. Yes. Because when, when I look around the NFC playoff picture, it's like, okay, yeah, this team's good, but I don't know if they could run on the Cardinals. I don't know if this team could. Sure. Tampa, Tampa can move the ball. Tampa can run the ball for a game if they need to. Their entire offense is predicated on attacking the line of scrimmage or making you believe they're attacking the line of scrimmage and then using play action to throw it. Wouldn't it be great, Cardinals against B.A. in the playoffs? The NFC Championship? I'm just putting that out there. Yeah. But it'd be nice to have it here. That'd be sweet. Coming up next, who has more to gain from this game tonight? The Rams or the Cardinals? What about the individuals in this game? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The home of Arizona Cardinals football. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Big Red Monday. Presented by Sanderson Ford with Wolf and Luke. The first time these two teams met back in October, it was early, but there was a lot of talk about how you have two of the uh, early MVP frontrunners. Kyler Murray right now seems to be third in the race. Matthew Stafford has dropped out. Uh, Murray seems to be third in no small part because of the fact that he missed three games and also because Tom Brady and, and Aaron Rodgers are putting together the seasons they have put together. But the uh, the name that wasn't really being talked about back on October 3rd for a major award wolf was Cliff Kingsbury. And last week we played the clip where Cliff's like, you may as well just name that award. You may as well just name Coach of the Year after Bill Belichick. Well, this is Bill Belichick on WEEI throwing some accolades back towards Cliff. Cliff Kingsbury said that they should just rename the Coach of the Year award as the Bill Belichick award. I I know that you're focused on the Colts and you don't really care about that aspect of the game right now, but how nice is it to have the respect and the admiration of other coaches around the league? Uh, It was very nice of Cliff to toss that bouquet, Um, and I'll toss it right back. Cliff's done a great job, um, and I think he's done a great job and and should be the coach of the year this year. Wow. (laughs) You can just see it right there. It was kind of... When I hear Bill Belichick say something nice, I'm like... Honestly, I, I, I don't know if I've ever heard him say anything nice about um, any opponent we ever played. Yeah. Um, now, publicly, of course, he was going to say things, but when he was just up in front of the team, I'm trying to remember 
of anything that he he would say nice. Jim Hannafin was my first head coach, 1985, when I came. Hey, Jim Hannafin was this big Irishman who liked to cuss and use a lot of profanity. Um, I remember he had a he had a habit base in Onions where he would sit there and rip the other team. I mean, rip the other team. Um, before the game, the night before in our our meeting, the night before a game, he would sit there and just tear down the roster, whatever roster they'd have. They'd he'd go through their top players and just rip this guy, rip that guy, rip this guy, say <laughs> horrible things about him. If I said some of the things, you would not even believe me today. Okay, okay, some of the things we he probably said, wouldn't be on the air tomorrow. I'm exactly right, but um. I'll never forget he got to Howie Long after ripping everybody on the Raiders. Mm-hmm. And then he said, Howie Long. I'll give you Howie Long. <laughs> he couldn't think of one <laughs> bad thing to say. Howie Long's okay, Howie I Long. guess. And honestly, I, I think of Bill Belichick as well. The way he tossed it right back there, it was hard for him to do that. If you listen to it again, you can hear it, a, a little crack in his voice. Yeah, we'll play it again right here. Play it again and listen to him at the end as he tosses it back, saying Cliff Kingsbury should be coach of the year. Cliff Kingsbury said that they should just rename the coach of the year award as the Bill Belichick award. I, I know that you're focused on the Colts and you don't really care about that aspect of the game right now, but how nice is it to have the respect and the admiration of other coaches around the league? Uh, it was very nice of Cliff to toss that bouquet. Um, and I'll toss it right back. Cliff's done a great job. Um, and I think he's done a great job and, and should be the coach of the year this year. Right there, it almost sounds like you said he should be our coach you know what of the I year. Mean? You know, it was, and I know that Cliff has a really good relationship with Bill. That I is know the thing; they they know each other. Exactly. It's not like there's just no connection. But it was just it, it sounded a little disingenuous, did it not? Coming from Bill right at the end, right there, just a little. See, I, I, well, obviously you know Belichick, and I don't. But for me, it just sounds like a. Yeah, I know, why am I talking about this? He's sarcastic in a lot of well, the things he does, and again. I'm not saying he's being that here. Um, he does know Cliff yeah. very well. But just see, uttering a compliment, I think, about somebody <laughs> else was very difficult for Bill. What's that, that old uh, Simpsons episode where Mr. Burns smiles? And he's like, well, you all know what smiles look like. Just imagine one. That's what that's, I'm waiting for Belichick to be like, you all know what a compliment sounds like. Just imagine a compliment. Howie bleeping lung. I'll give him howie lung. Uh, more from from this game tonight, though, beyond just Cliff and Kyler. Guys that have the most on the line tonight individually. Yeah. To me, Matthew Stafford stands out above anybody just because if, 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 if the Rams win and Stafford is huge, then all of a sudden everything shifts back to this is the quarterback to beat in this division in 2021. If he loses, what are some of the stats? We've seen them. They're just throwing them up here on the TV as we're talking, Wolf, that he's 0-17 in his career against teams that are five or more games above 500. Correct. 0-17. Career. He's, career. Um, This year, of course, he's 2-3 and three against winning teams. Yeah. Even this <laughs> okay. year. This year. 2-3 and three against winning teams this year. Uh, very interesting and has not played very well. As a matter of fact, I was tracking him the four games. The Arizona Cardinals, of course, he had a quarterback rating. Once again, think of a quarterback rating. Um, a hundred is is good. A hundred is good. A hundred and ten plus. 
120 plus, actually, I would say, is great. What about the 141 that Rodgers put up Okay, last the night? 141 is Aaron Rodgers. Okay, yeah. <laughs> think of Aaron Rodgers. That's the end of the That's the 140 right there, right? But um, he had a quarterback rating against the Cardinals of under 90, 89.5. Against the Packers, he did have a 96.6. In 90 is you played okay for the most part. The 49ers, 67.4 was his quarterback rating. And the Tennessee Titans, 71. Do you think there's any chance? We talk so much about, okay, did this team find the blueprint or did they expose part of the blueprint for other teams to follow? Do you think in any way the Cardinals may have done that partially to the Rams when they met back on October 3rd? Because since that game, the Rams are 5-3, and three, which again is not bad. But I, I will once again reiterate, the teams they have beaten were uh, Seattle, who's not been good this year. Yeah. The Giants, Detroit, and that game was kind of close. Houston, that game got close. But those are four of the worst teams yeah. in the NFL. Then they got blown out by Tennessee. They made it close late, but that's Tennessee without Derrick Henry. In fact, I think that was Tennessee's first game without Derrick Henry. They got uh, handled by San Francisco 31-10. to They got beat by Green Bay, and then they beat Jacksonville. So the schedule being what it is, I'm not going to blame them for beating Seattle, the Giants, Detroit, Houston, and Jacksonville because that's who was on the schedule. But that's who they've beaten. And in the games where they played good teams... They weren't really in those games very much. Yeah, and they also played Indianapolis as well. They played them early in the year. As a matter of fact, it was, I believe, week two. Week two. They actually played them on the road. And I think we'd all agree the Colts are a completely different product today than they were back in September. Not even close. You and I were talking off the air. That of the teams remaining on the schedule, at least for me, is maybe the one I fear the most just in terms of a one-game regular season matchup because it's Christmas and they've got Jonathan Taylor, so you've got sort of just the weirdness of playing that game, but also Taylor could go off for four touchdowns against anybody on the ground on any given week. No doubt about it. They match up so much better, I think, with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, The ability to run the ball, that offensive line, Oh my goodness, they will come off the ball, and they do it in a lot of different ways as well. They blend the old and the new. They use the gap scheme, the power scheme, which was around in my era, of course. And then they use the zone scheme in the in the zone read as well. They'll use it all, which is something I love. It's one of the reasons why I love watching the Colts play, because it is an expansion of the football universe and not a contraction. I think, you know, it's two different questions. If you ask me, and I've been asked a lot, who needs this game more? And you were talking about before with Dave Pash. Like, why is that question being asked? The Rams need the game more. The Rams might miss the playoffs. The Rams or, are 8-4. The Cardinals are 10-2. and two. Yeah, the Rams are at least their path to a Super Bowl is, is, is a wild card if they lose tonight, pretty much. But who gains the most in terms of just the perception of the team? I think it's the Cardinals. Kyler Murray uh, on ESPN yesterday was like, yeah, that might be true. I, I don't really care about the national respect, though. You guys are 10-2, and two, yeah. best record in the league. But do you feel like you're getting the respect that you deserve? <laughs> I honestly don't really care. Um, you know, that's the nice way I can put it. But, uh, I, you know, it, it doesn't, you know, we're 10-2, and two, yes. But at the end of the day, you know, really, you know, none of it really matters in a sense. Obviously, we're doing good things, but we got to keep it going. And then, you know, hopefully be in the playoffs. And then at that point, you know, that's when it really matters. So, um, you know, these, these these games matter as far as, you know, seeding and all that stuff, which we don't really worry about. We're in the now. So um, I look forward to the next game, and that's how these guys do too. So 
um, the whole record is, you know, it's cool and all, but, you know, the, the next game is the most important. Culture matters. <laughs> Listen to Kyler Murray talk right there. Culture matters. Because he's talking to his teammates. He's sitting there in between meetings, Basinoni, and sitting on his stool in his locker, and he's talking to his teammates around him about that very thing. He's sitting there at lunch, sitting down, breaking some bread with teammates, talking about this very thing. And it's not just Kyler Murray. It's everybody in that locker room. Culture matters. What We haven't done anything. Who cares? Who cares what they're saying about us? Because we all know what this is about. It's not about respect. It's about winning. I love that. Because I think that's alive. And that's real inside that locker room. It's about winning. It's not about respect. Everyone walking around talking about, Oh, you disrespected me. Oh, they disrespected me. They, You know what? It's not about that. Collectively, as a team, it's about winning games and that's what they're all about well if you're caught up in the respect you'll get it as you win I think what's important is Kyler Murray and I I, you know I think as people that follow this team and fans certainly you'll have a very similar read I would think would just be you know Kyler Murray a little bit now as much as a fan as you're going to he's been here for two and a half years that doesn't seem like an act I don't think he's caught up like he gets off the camera he's like why don't they respect me I don't think he cares and also there's some truth to the point of Nobody's going to remember if you were 10 and 2 two months from now. They're going to remember who won the Super Correct. Bowl. We'll remember here locally, hey, 10 and 2, great start and everything. But I'm not going to remember who else was 10 and 2 around the league in two months. And you're not playing to be 10 and 2. You're playing to try and win the Super Bowl. Coming up, we'll go over the latest headlines in sports. Wolf and Down Your Lunch is next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.